You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Hey, well, welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We are so glad you've taken time to dive in with us. We're uh, just two pastors that also have other pastors on the pod, but we typically share what we're learning, what we're thinking about. And ultimately, the Pastor Pod's all about what the pastors really think about stuff. And I'm here with my good friend, Jay, again. That's right. I'm a and uh, what's going on today, buddy, up in, up in uh, the Northeast of the United States of America? Well, we are preparing for the blizzard that is supposed to be coming in this weekend. And uh, maybe not a blizzard, it's a Nor'easter for sure. Should be getting uh, maybe over a foot of snow, which is always exciting. Makes the cold worthwhile, in my opinion. If it's going to be cold, there should be snow on the ground. That's just my thought uh, with that. And so that's really what we're what we're up to uh, here in the Northeast is we're in totally different. I'm in a hoodie. You're in a T-shirt. That explains a lot, even though <laughs> it is cold in Florida. Uh, it has been. Tell us. Florida. Tell yeah. yeah. Last weekend was cold. We had some you know, mid forties in the morning and some windy days. We had liquid snow, had a lot of rain actually the last couple of weeks. Oh, uh, liquid. Which, you had me confused there. I was like, what is liquid snow? Yeah. But that's okay, I get, I, that's I, my I, bad dad joke for the day, okay. but, we'll but yeah, last weekend was great. Uh, man, what, what, what about all the f- amazing playoff football games though? NFL games. I mean, we were, we were texting, we were, you know, sharing our thoughts. You were posting a lot of nonsense on social media about I don't know about a certain, nonsense. A, a certain Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, named well, Tom Brady. So, so I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the bandwagon. Listen, I'm not a Patriot fan, but I've all but once he moved to, to Tampa Bay, it became Champa Bay. You know what I'm saying? And so everyone down here is just like excited about the year. Bucks. Except for this <laughs> year, it's no longer Champa Bay this year. That's true. Yeah, that's um, true. Well, for football, at least we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so my thought process behind that is no, no, no shame. Not trying to throw any shade at Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is one of the is, is he's got to be the most decorated and gifted football player I've seen in my lifetime and many have seen in their lifetime. Right. Uh, but what I would say is uh, he's accomplished a lot and I'd love to see some new blood, some new faces. Um, and that's really where I'm at from that. I'm, I'm just, I, I kind of excites me. Right. I mean, do we really want to go down the road of, Oh, it's Tom Brady in the super bowl. What is it? It's all going to be about him. If it's versus, for the bucks, I I'm all for it. But when it was, <laughs> Hey, I'm all about rooting for your home team. Right. And so yeah, the whole man. time I, I highly doubted the Patriots were going to make it beyond where they did. I, I actually yeah. really believed that I predicted that the bills were going to do what they did to them, but I still deep down was rooting for the Patriots. Why? Cause it's my home team. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah, rooting I, for I those it. that are there. If I was in your shoes right now, I'd probably be rooting for Tampa. Uh, but at the same time, um, I am I am deep. I'm really, really excited that we're going to see some young blood. I mean, we have the we have the possibility of seeing Joe Bar- Burrow take the Bengals to the Super Bowl. It's, it's great to see the Bills. It's great to see the Bengals. It's great to see, man, the Mahomes. Uh, there you go. There's your new Josh Tom Allen. Brady-ish, that right? was an amazing game. A year. That was the unreal yeah. game. Unreal. We're all on the edge of our seats. I was unbelievable. Running around excited uh, because I mean, who would have thought? I mean, that was mo- that was Brady quality football from Mahomes. 13 seconds, right? That's something you're 13 seconds left in the game, and you go down, you tie the game. 
win the coin toss. And yes, we could go into a whole lot of deliberation. I've seen tons of people who are like, I'm so mad at the NFL's overtime rules. Yeah, everybody uh, was all up in arms. And I'm like, I mean, you got to play defense too. It works I mean, so you, know, defense you had a chance to game. win the game. But yeah, I, I agree. It would be nice to change the rule. But I love what I love, love, love what uh, the coach said to Mahomes. He said, when things are grim, he said, be the grim reaper Ooh. with 13 seconds left. Did you read that quote? Yeah, I think I, I was did. like, he, what, where do you get this stuff? Like, how are you not like in that moment? You're not like, well, the game's over. Probably, you know, he's thinking like, I'm going to come up with the craziest thing to tell my quarterback. And he uh, pulled it off. So, well, I don't. And I'm also an underdog fan as well. Like I, I I'm rooting now for Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. I'm an underdog guy. Like I, I think they're the most least likely predicted to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and my 11 year old son predicted it from the very beginning two, uh, two weeks ago when we did our little brackets, he predicted yeah. Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. So I'll have so to Cincinnati against two. Um, Who's the other team? The Chiefs know. or I don't know. I don't know. Um, wait a minute. Um, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So the Rams. Hmm. Wait a minute. Who's Cincinnati play? Now I'm confused. Now you got me all confused. Well, the Rams look tough. So it's it's going to be a great yeah. last four teams. And then Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, enough football. You got me all confused over here about who's playing who. Uh, but anyhow, it's going to be good. Uh, so today, Josh, we are back. And we're going to follow up on a conversation we had last week. If you missed last week's conversation about is online church the future. Um, that's up on the podcast and you can jump over there and check that out this week. We're going to jump into a uh, part two of that. We've got some more conversation we're going to have about online church and what that looks like. Uh, kind of excited about that. And uh, I think this is as relevant as it gets as far as, you know, where we're at in the local church today. And so looking forward to the conversation, Josh. So let's take a second step aside and we'll be right back with that conversation and more. All right. Well, welcome back. And uh, I got to clean something up from our conversation, Josh, about the, the football games this weekend. You had me all confused about who was playing who. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, Cincinnati and the Rams, because I think the Rams are unbelie unbelievably. I don't think they can be stopped. They're unbelievable right now. So anyhow, but I think uh, Cincinnati has a chance. We'll see what happens if they can upset the Chiefs. They did. They did during a regular season. They did. So we'll see what happens. But Wait, Cincinnati's playing, playing the Chiefs or the Rams? The Chiefs the chiefs they're playing at kansas city that's gonna yes. be a big game yes a big one. so um we'll see what happens to that there was an upset this season but anyhow let's get into this conversation let's go back into where we kind of left off last week about online uh the role it's playing in the local church today and it's it's huge um you texted me earlier this week and said that carrie newoff and craig rochelle two uh you know leaders that those are names you probably recognize if you're listening to the podcast those are people that we kind of all maybe even look to as some of the pros uh they had a podcast out where they're talking about the metaverse which is what we were talking about a little bit last week and so um even read some stuff uh from that i didn't listen to the podcast but i read some things from that so um, Josh, I think as we were kind of digesting this online church, you had a fantastic question um, that you were like, yeah, I wonder what, how do we, how do we do this? Right. And so why don't you, why don't you share your question uh, regarding, you know, online and engagement and things like that? Well, the question really is how do we measure engagement online? Like, how do we know someone is truly connected, truly involved in the online experience? And so is it longer than a couple of minutes? Is it um, how, and, and then beyond just viewing, how do we engage with them and, and care for them, pray for them, encourage them, uh, have interaction 
you know, comments, uh, ways that the church can follow up. And so Jay, I want to hear from you today. Cause I, I do think you've really done some really cool, innovative things through your church. You know, we've talked about this a little bit over the past few months, but the experience of the last year and a half in the Northeast has been very different than Florida with, with just the way that our States are different, the way that COVID's affected things and how we do online and we're portable. You actually have a space now, but just talk about how you guys have measured your engagement and then other in ways that you've connected people. Yeah. So, and I think it's important for us to really maybe flesh out just real quickly, the difference between Florida and uh, New England, where I'm at, because I think we were even talking before we hit record today, because um, in Florida, it seems as if um, I actually texted a buddy of mine. I won't say you said this because you didn't say this, but a buddy of mine, I texted him about COVID. He goes, COVID what? Question mark. As if like, hey, it's not that it's not as big of a thing here. People are still aware of it, but, right. uh, you know, testing is not where it is. On the flip side, um, here in New England, uh, specifically where I'm at now, because New England, based off where you're at, it could be different. But in Massachusetts and Metro West Boston, um, we're back under a mask mandate. So we have to wear a mask to church. Um, you have to show your vaccine card to get into restaurants and things like that. Um, and so it's completely different. And so our attendance has kind of done this little wave thing to where we, uh, we kind of let down our guard and now we have a new variant and now everyone is now we're, you know, the, the hotspot online is where are the home tests, uh, for COVID. And so it's, it's a pretty relevant thing. And so online is even more, uh, kind of crucial because we have people who are staying home for that purpose. I want to stay healthy. And of course we want to support them the best we can when it comes to engagement. I think, so this is something that I don't even know if we have our head around. I thank you for, I'm, I'm humbled that you would think we've done some innovative things, but I think the truth of the matter is we we're still all trying to strict. We're all trying to struggle how that works. And so our team sat down and our team decided, Hey, how would we measure engagement without online? So let's remove online. Just how do we measure engagement in the church? And, right. you know, obviously we went back to, okay, well, we would measure engagement through time, talent, mm-hmm. and treasure. Yeah. Right. So time, talent, and treasure. And so we know that if they're involved in, you know, if they're giving their time, their talent, and their treasure, that symbolizes some form of engagement on mm-hmm. some level. They may not be hitting them all. And our goal is to say, hey, how do we help people hit them all? But mm-hmm. if they're giving in some of those areas, that means they're engaged in some capacity with us, right? Are they in a community group? Do they attend on Sundays? Do they give financially? Do they serve yeah. on a team? And so we then begin to look at it and go, okay, how do we measure, how would we possibly measure that online? And there are the rules that you mentioned earlier about, hey, you can say, you know, how long they were clicked on or whatnot. Right. What we found is Facebook is very misleading. Right. We <laughs> early on, when we were doing Facebook. We we're like, man, there is hundreds of people watching us every single week. We were like, we're I mean, what is happening right now? Are we taking off? Are we going to be a global church? Not really. I'm exaggerating. But uh, <laughs> what we found was those were like if on Facebook, if you just scroll past it and sit for a second, they're going to yep. count it as a view. And that's right. going to be misleading. And we're like, that doesn't even help us at all. Right. We actually just recently, this is kind of recent. We actually just recently stopped live streaming to Facebook altogether. And we told our church, hey, if you're watching online, you got to watch on YouTube. Now, you can watch on our on our app, on our phone, on your phone, right. you can watch through our app, or you can watch on milestonechurch.online. We have a whole separate website for online. And uh, you can watch there, and those are just streams from our YouTube, so they all count. But yeah. YouTube gives us a little bit more of a pay because most people aren't scrolling through YouTube, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We've eliminated that whole scroll through thing. If you're on YouTube and you go to our channel to watch, typically that's an engagement piece, right? 
Right. And so that's how we started measuring is like, we only count YouTube numbers. We don't count Facebook anymore. Um, right. In fact, on Facebook, what we'll do is somebody from our team will send a link and say, join us this morning. And it's a link on Facebook to our YouTube page. So you have to click through Facebook to get to YouTube and it just sure. opens up on YouTube. Sure. So that's how we eliminated that factor. And then we do the math of going, okay, the average family size is two and a half, two, two and a half, right? Two, two and a half, right? Um, so we multiply whatever that viewership is by two and a half. And we say, hey, that's our baseline. Okay. And so what that does, that helps us just to have a firm baseline. That's what it is. It could be less in some houses. It could be more in some other houses, but we just yeah. say two and a half. And that helps us understand that engagement piece because that's kids and everything involved with that. We have kids stuff online. We've stopped doing recording stuff. And so now we have a series, sort of like a Netflix series, season one, season two, season three. So we got six, yeah. six seasons worth of milestone kids curriculum online that cool. you can go and you click through and then we can yeah. we can monitor the clicks on our website on that mm -hmm. so that's kind of mm -hmm. how we do it so that's our time we can go okay are they giving us their time right and the other way we can measure that through is through community groups so we can go how many people are in our community group so we can measure engagement through weekly community group attendance as well because that's your time aspect right now right. we get it gets a little bit more tricky when you start thinking about your talents how do you measure the talents in church we can measure that through like our teams who's serving right. who's not serving uh, you know, because we have all of our teams set up to serve on a weekly basis, consistent basis. Yeah. So we got a little creative here, and I can't tell you that we're killing it and knocking it out of the park. By all means, we're not. Um, I can't tell you there's a ton, like droves of people serving this way. But we said, hey, what can we create? What can we produce? What can we, what can we put out there for people to be able to serve? If they don't attend in person, that causes us no extra work, no extra, you know, time on our part, but it's just naturally there. And so we created the online host role, uh, mm -hmm. a prayer team role, a creative team role, assimilation, and milestone, even milestone kids. And what that is, is basically, you know, the host is the person that's on there monitoring. So when I say on Sunday morning, when I'm right. preaching, if you want prayer, just say, you know, just type it in the chat, somebody's yeah. there. Right, uh, a prayer right. team takes any prayer requests we get and prays for them and sends a note saying, hey, you've been prayed for, right? The creative mm -hmm. team does some of the back end stuff. So they'll schedule, they'll do social media, all that can be done from your home. And so we're like, hey, that's actually helpful and beneficial if Grayson yeah. has somebody who can he can lean on and say, hey, do the scheduling for me. You know, do the that's creative good. art stuff for me, right? Uh, assimilation, uh, this is literally virtually helping people. Um, you know, get connected to the church. So you can give somebody an email address and you can say, hey, follow up with that person, help them connect to community groups or whatever they're looking for. Just That's help them funnel them into church, discover uh, things like that. And then Milestone Kids, um, our kids director can call on them and say, hey, can you uh, drop by and grab a stack of our postcards? And when I send you a name and address, send them a postcard, say, thanks for joining us at Milestone. Um, and then it's a follow-up. All you do is you're putting it out there saying, okay, let me dangle this out there. And if we can get someone to serve, that's another yeah. point, another piece of engagement. And so that is, that, that's what we did. And so when you go to our connection card online, you go to next steps, things like that. This is all listed there. It's like, hey, how would you like to get involved? What areas are you interested in? In person, and you got all mm -hmm. these boxes you can check. And then online, you got all these boxes you can check. And it helps us to to kind of get yeah. connected. So that's the, the talent part. And then uh, the treasure part is something that I have to lean on our financial team to really kind of take on and, and own for me as we, we can track. Um, and the best way to track this, especially when new people is um, we have a automated uh, letter that goes out um, from me that says, Hey, mm -hmm. I just want to thanks. We recognize that you've given to milestone uh, for the first time, our record show, it's possibly the first time. So um, 
yeah, Thanksgiving, and that's how we can recognize whether or not uh, somebody is new is taking that step of engagement. And so time, talent, and treasure is how we're measuring engagement. And even online, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And so our piece now is we don't measure attendance on Sundays or the weekends. We measure engagement for the week. And so every Monday, okay. somebody's in charge of measuring, putting those numbers into a, uh, to, into a, a form that we have. And we say, what are the engagement numbers this weekend? And so we just change the language even. Like it's not even attendance. We don't even count attendance. Because those people who are in attendance get counted for the engagement piece as well. So we have engagement, we have online, we have this stuff. So all those things get put into a form. So that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we do it um, at Milestone. And again, I don't think we've got it all figured out and all knocked out of the park by any means. We're just trying to do what we can with what we have. And none of this has cost us extra time or resources on the church's part. It's just whenever somebody wants to be a part of creative arts, the same way we would with somebody who's attending in person, we connect them with Grayson and he says, okay, online, this is what you can do. So that's kind of how we love that. That, You're you're thinking, you're thinking creatively and you're you're finding ways to equip people, empower them to, to serve others. And, you know, it's interesting, this whole conversation, right. About online church. Right. You know, and there's my personal like gut reaction to this idea that we're going to go into this like ready player one uh, movie where we sit in. Have you seen this movie or I've seen clips of this movie where like everybody hides out like in houses and plays this online game. It's like VR on steroids where like they become the game and in this no, virtual world. It, it, it's a not movie? a good movie. It's kind of dumb. I, okay. I saw a few, a few clips of it one day on TV. Anyway, with all this conversation about uh, metaverse and, oh, we're going, everybody's going to go digital and, 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 and virtual and all that. I, I know that's where we're going because technology always keeps moving forward. My frustration is the life on life, face-to-face, yeah. you know, uh, being with people but I don't think that we need to be negative against either, or I don't think there, I don't think there should be a battle or a fight going on where you're compromising that, that you're a compromiser. If you, if you lean on either side and going back to the Carrie Newhoff podcast, you know, with Craig Rochelle and Bobby Greenwald, the one that created helped create the Bible app and all that. I mean, people mocked the Bible app years ago and said, <laughs> this did. is never going to work. Seven now schools. the Bible is in every trend, almost every language around the world, because everybody has a cell phone, even in third world countries. So I, I always want to lean on the side of like you're doing, Jay, where you're saying, let's try things. Let's, let's, let's equip people. Let's, let's find ways to care for people through online prayer and, and using your gifts. I think the struggle is how do you leverage online without compromising the need for people to be like actually present in their life, like actually come over and bring a meal when you're sick or uh, you're, you have a flat tire and your, your buddy stops to help you. I mean, you can't replace that uh, with just a quick little text. <laughs> well, I think, you, but I think, I think that's this, the tension. Is the, this is the tension point we're in right now in the midst of all of it. Uh, I think right. this is the most tricky situation that everybody's trying to figure out is Online is a great tool. It's a great resource. Um, But I think what we're finding and what you're going to find the more research you do is most churches really struggle with the ability, the manpower to create what is necessary to accomplish a full online church 
experience. Yeah. Now I say mm-hmm. that with caution because this is not bashing anybody. This is not looking down on any church, but you can just literally do the research. I did a little bit of research digging around and I found a recent study that was done in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit more in the height of the uh, pandemic, but it was done by LifeWay, which is somewhat of a credible resource that does some yeah. research. Um, mm-hmm. And they found that 70% of United States churches are, you know, have less than 100 people in attendance. The average church uh, would be running around roughly 65 people. Now, that's that's every church under this. That's every church that was polled under the sun. We get that, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was shocking. I, I was telling you earlier that I was shocking because I, I when I read this and did this research, I was talking to my wife. I was like, if that's the case, that means Milestone, a church I we planted, has been above average since day one. Uh, because new churches, and again, this is not anything special with Milestone. I really do believe church planting is one of the best things we can do as far as reaching people. Because in right. every town, in every city, in every place we go to, there are people who are not going to church. And church planting is goal. The goal of church planting is to meet those people and reach those people who are not attending a church. Because churches mm-hmm. are pretty much everywhere, specifically in the South where you're at. I mean, I grew up there. I know a little bit about that. But mm-hmm. even here, they're becoming more and more. Uh, there's churches everywhere. And so uh, I remember people asking me all the time why why come here and plant a church we need another church for i said how many people do you know that need a church i know a lot well that's why that's exactly why those are people so i don't say that i i I didn't say that in a a boast way i'm just saying you know i think church planting is one of the ways we reach people but here's what happens is we often only hear about the bigger churches we hear about the churches that are 500 plus or even bigger right we talk about Mm -hmm. craig rochelle's church that is massive on mass and grateful for all the work that's being done there absolutely but most churches the average church um, is not that big. And so now we have this tension point we're in of how do we, we're, we're all hearing. I mean, every church leader that I know of has heard and trying to figure out how do I create this online space that is absolutely yeah. necessary that the pandemic has thrusted us into. How do I, how do I meet that need and continue to reach people? Yeah. But we also have to remember there's a, there's a, there's a flock. There's people that were called the shepherd that are still with us. They're still sitting in the seats on, on the weekends. They're still coming faithfully to church and serving. So now you have this tension and there could be a great temptation to leverage and go, well, we got to reach people. And I'm telling you, I, the evangelistic heart in me goes, yeah. I got to reach more people. <laughs> um, right. And so if you do all these tests, I've been doing a lot of tests lately. Thank you to my ministry coach. Who's been getting me to a lot of tests and shepherding. Uh, being fully transparent, shepherding is way low on the list and evangelism is way up on the list of like, I just want to reach people and start new things. So he my, a couple of those too, actually. My, so I'm with you. I, was, I feel my, very vetted. I feel like I know more of my weakness. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I don't like to shepherd people. Am I called to be a pastor? That doesn't oh, mean no. you don't do it well. No. Well, God's wired us differently. And I think building off of what you said, I mean, if the average church is around that size or even a little bit bigger or smaller, it doesn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with a small church or a big church. I think, I think, uh, forget who said it, but there is a something wrong with a small vision. Correct. I think, I think at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with where God's placed. There's nothing wrong with who God's brought into your community or where you're located, whether it's in the West or, or, or out in a rural area where there's you know, I, I served at a little church with my brother back in the day when in college in Iron City, Georgia, and the there was Robinson, the Robinson brothers literally. on staff. What? Yeah, he literally. Well, I was a, I was a, 
man, he, I needed a place to stay for the summer. And he says, can you come work with the youth? You know, so it's peanuts and cotton and what, listen, wonderful people. And, and as a, it was a farming community, 320 people in that, that little town. I know some of them. So most, just think about it. Like most faithful I've, people I've, I've that been I know. in those environments and I, and people talk differently than they talk other places that the way they do. But here's the thing that the very core of every person is the same needs, the same desires and the same identity that they need to find in Christ. And so uh, I remember that season, there was a lot of people that told my brother, Jeff, and, you know, said, you know, no one's really ever grown this church and that we've never really seen, you know, kind of the whole, you know, a lot of people have the, the Eeyore attitude. Well, you just, you know, I don't know. And just, you know, what we hope, you know, maybe, I don't know. Everything's just, the sky's falling. And, and so we decided to do the opposite and then to begin to pray for the harvest and, you know, saw a great move of God for those few, those years and knocked the wall out in this old white uh, wooden building to make room for more people. I mean, we like ever- literally not like, like it's the typical, like, southern white painted church with a brick siding you know what i mean with like the little sign out front with the bell on top right and what that taught me was that letters you can change oh man the letters (laughs) yeah i mean his name was on there it was it was my first my first church job it was my job as a youth pastor to change the letters yeah and it was the (laughs) so not only was it the peanut capital of the world but it was the like i think the gnat capital of the world like gnats would attack you like at all times so anyway where am I going with all this? Here's where I'm going with it. I don't care if you're in Iron City, Georgia, yes, or you're in Detroit, Michigan, or if you're in, you know, Big Daddy, Northeast, nice Boston, Metro West, or you're down here on the on the southwest coast of Florida. There's nothing wrong with a church that is a certain number of people, but there is something wrong. And I'm speaking to myself and every pastor that if our vision is not the amount of lost people in our community then I believe that's not okay because ultimately we're called to make disciples of all the nations. And that starts right in our backyard. So as you can tell, that really, it really gets, hits you, right. It's me so going think, because, because online church is just a tool to connect people to Christ and to each other and the very people. And I'm probably, I can be one of these people that would argue and bash online church. And I heard this on the podcast this last week, one I referenced uh, carries and another like it, I thought it was such a funny point. The very place that they're arguing about how online church isn't a community is on social media where they have a community to argue about things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I, I was well, like, that's I, so true though. We're just, I hundred. And I think on that, po- one of the quotes I read from that podcast was, you know, Craig said something along the lines of he'd rather be known for trying things than criticizing things. Yeah. I, and, and I, him. and I wholly agree yeah. with that. That's what I'm, you know, throw mm-hmm. the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And it, again, it doesn't matter the church size. And you were, I was laughing earlier when you talking about, you know, taking down a wall. I remember one of the first years I, was, I took down a wall only to come find out it was a load bearing wall. Oh, and <laughs> they had to put it back up. Um, well, we had budget, like actually licensed guys do it. Cause I don't know anything about well, walls. you know how it started? It started with me running <laughs> through the wall. That's how it started with me running. You weren't how driving was, the tank, were you? No, I was driving. Well, if you call myself a tank, I was driving that. <laughs> so going back to what I was talking about earlier. So what I'm saying is the temptation could be, and I guess I want to I want to really caution us all with our heartbeat on this, is the temptation could yeah. be is that we would, we would run towards, like, we have to go all in. We have to make it look just like 
every other church that's out there that has even more resources and manpower to accomplish it. We have to do that to be mm-hmm. successful. And we neglect those that God has given us faithfully to serve. That's right. So no matter right. what church size you're in, don't neglect the people God has given you to serve. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, don't forget those that he's called you to, to reach. Um, and so good. that what that means is let me just, I, I just, I feel like I should just communicate what I mean by that in a practical sense. It might mean that you just might have to do things a little bit different. It might mean that, you know, you may not be online streaming every single week, but could you pre-record and and then set that up to show on Sunday um, to yeah. where like you have a little bit more control over it. You can get, you know, your buddy to back there with a camera. They're not having to worry about organizing people and sitting people and things like that. Maybe even partnering with another church that can bring mm-hmm. in a good quality video and things like that. Sure. Something along those lines. And maybe it's not even every other week. It could be every other week. What It's just doing what you can with what you have. I think there's this misconception that innovative pastors are, are just those who are doing, you know, what no one else is doing. I, I disagree with that. I think innovative pastors are those who are thinking outside the box with the resources they have. Uh, I think yeah. that's an innovative pastor. They're going, hey, this is what I have. And I'm going to think outside the box with it. I'm, I'm going to utilize it and maximize it to my 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 greatest potential. And so I, I think there's I think you we, we want to leverage online church. Uh, but we do not want to compromise the local church. We don't want to compromise those that God has given us a shepherd. And I think that's the tension point we're in right now is trying to figure out what that looks like. And I don't know if anybody really has the answer figured out, but that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where we're at, which uh, yeah, I I think it's a great, um, great question. Great thought on the process of how do we do that? So yeah, that's um, good. Here's the other thing I I think I, I, I think is worth pointing out. And it's this idea of it, we have to also consider the question that could, could doing live streaming, could be doing online church to a capacity that's not healthy, could it actually do more harm than good uh, for you? Um, and you were sharing something interesting earlier um, about yeah, that, that, like that's a, 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 question. Blog, that's a, a blog, question. I think a blog that yeah, you, well, you read. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a yeah, resource, uh, Brady Shearer, if you don't know him, Pro Church Tools is the website. If, if you're a pastor listening to this or you're in the tech world or you help serve on your team, uh, read his stuff, listen to it. It just really solid, solid content. But he put out a blog a few weeks ago talking about if, if I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. Basically he was questioning even what he had put out a few years before saying, you've all got to get online. Of course, when everything shut down, everybody's theology changed that at one time we're against online. All of a sudden, we're okay with it because it's gold, baby gold, because it's uh, all we have, I guess, in that sense that they were desperate, which is a good thing that they're willing to try new things. But he's talking about, you don't have to go online uh, if you're not able to do it to a certain level, or if it's authentic to your actual experience in person. And so I don't really know where I'm at with it. It's I'm still processing it, but I think excellence. And I think you just said it is doing the best you can with what you have. And right. so whether you're in a rural area, whether you have a, a large, middle, lower, you know, small budget, or you're a church planner uh, in a school. Um, I remember when we were first uh, trying, trying online back in Jacksonville, we had uh, an iPhone with a nice stand and we would stream just one shot straight up front. And uh, it worked for, a, for, for a few weeks. It was okay. Uh, it wasn't good. Then we went to a, then we went to a, a better camera and we we're able to plug it up. And so you know, I think you just have to always be thinking, how can I, how can I make this better if we're going to do it? So it's distraction free and it's, it, it focuses people on the message and, and, and the worship and, and that the truth of the gospel is being communicated. If it's, if it can't be heard and understood and it's, and it's always distracted, 
it's, it's really going to be ineffective. Now, technical stuff happens. I mean, I know we talk about it a lot. We're in a portable situation, some stuff we can't help, but you do your best to mitigate it. So, so it doesn't happen. So, yeah, we, we kind of go, we, the way we did this at Milestone is we evaluated and we said, hey, so what's the purpose of our online? What's the purpose of it? Right. Is it for people to feel like they can be, because honestly, there's always going to be that some level of disconnect when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. All right. Because again, you're feeding a pastor. Anybody who's preaching is typically feeding off of the crowd. There's a, I, I, I communicate this way. I say there's a conversation happening. Right. I'm, I'm looking for a two way conversation. You may not be using words, but you use the mannerisms you're leaning in yeah. things. That. So there's a two way conversation happening when I'm mm-hmm. preaching. That's not happening online. Can you remember the first time you did online? You had to look at a camera. It was the most awkward thing for a pastor that had never mm-hmm. done it before. So I'm like, this is horrible. Like, that's not yeah. talking back to me. That's not speaking to me in any way, shape or form. It's just a dead camera. Um, and so it, it can be challenging. Right. To have that level of connectedness. Right. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. we found. And I've talked to Grace and our worship leader about this is worship is somewhat the hardest part for we've heard that for people to engage with yes. online because you're in the house, you've got kids, you've got all these things going on. And it's kind of difficult. You, I, I sing on Sundays and I love it because I can't hear myself, right? I'm blended in, but in, and you're in your house with you and your wife. Guess what? Oh, yeah. It's just you two. Yep. Uh, sing along. And so what we did online, what we do is we came back to the root of like, what is our, on, what's the purpose of our online? We want to connect with those who are not able to attend church and be a front door to those who are checking out the church. Yeah. So we said, Hey, how do we, what's the best way we can do that? Mm-hmm. And so we went back and based off of what your buddy said about the online, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if it was the same blog or it was a different one, but I've been reading a lot. We actually went on and we deleted all of our live streams off of our Facebook because we were like, Hey, all people see is our live streams, uh, because that's, it gets lost in the middle of all that. And we right. pinned one to the top. And so now we said, okay, so Facebook, we believe is a, is a, isn't a front door. And so right. people are going to go there and check us out. I know this, when I'm looking at a church and somebody says, Hey, come speak. The first thing I do is go to their Facebook page and find a live stream and I watch it. Right. Yep. So that's what that, that's a front. I think door. it's what everybody does when they look for a church. Right. It's a yeah. front door. It's right. Front but that's door. not necessarily the means by which we're serving the people who go to our church. So this is a different aspect who go to our so, church, who are not who are at home and can't come to church for whatever reason that might be. But what if they missed the service? Do you have to go on your website to find it? Yes. But see, that's the thing is we're, we're dependent on our people are going to do that. If you're commi- if you're at Milestone, you're a Milestone yeah. person. So, again, it's, too, it's your audience, knowing your audience. Your right. audience, their front doors are, are Facebook. So our people weren't even like Facebook can be annoying when you're watching online. Sometimes I'm just speaking frank. It's because if you're commenting, we don't talk during, we don't normally talk like that during church. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying yeah. to watch and all these bubbles and hearts and things are flying up. I'm like, that's distracting. So like people had already started like not engaging as much on Facebook. So we were like, Hey, we're going to, we know that's a front door. We know it's where people are going to go look, give them something they can see. That's a clear picture of who we are at Milestone. But the rest of the time, we'll shift to why we're only doing on YouTube now. Our people yeah. know, go to YouTube. We, we post on Facebook and tell you where mm-hmm. to go. And then that, that post goes away. Right. But for us, it was one of those things of we wanted quality over mass production. Okay. We wanted to, we wanted to, hey, look, we wanted to do this. So um, think back to when I was watching. Uh, so I'm going to admit something and I don't want any criticism for it, but I just recently watched all the Star Wars movies. Like, it's not something I grew up watching. It's not something I was even interested yeah. in. I have a daughter who's very interested in Star Wars. And so we watched you watch them, them in order, historical order. I don't know what order we did. We picked the one that was like, I ended up watching a whole bunch from like the night, like way the early ones first. Nice. And, nice. and here's the thing. You watch those and it is horrible compared to what we have now. 
Oh yeah. Like they were doing but the best with then, the Back then it was cutting right. it, cutting But you're edge. talking like the swipe or like, Oh yeah. Like this. I was like, "Oh." And actually my daughter and I had a lot of piggyback on like, "Look at that transition, right? The transition yeah. of these shots." And it was funny, but at the same time, I I I remembered that being a huge part of our experience because yeah. it was so old school. It was almost a little bit distracting from the movie. And so we want to be cautious of that. And so that's that's the reason why, you know, I think it's important to think through your audience, what you're so, doing, and why you're so doing you're it. So are you trying to make it more more professional and more polished so that no, they don't see no. a hiccup? Because I, I yeah, see what you're not, saying, but I also, okay, you're not saying that. I'm just saying that. It made me feel that way a no, little okay. bit. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad, you, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's more along the lines of, I don't think we need 50 million videos of our live stream on our Facebook. Okay. Just, just, put, just more just, of a, just more of a organization again, and knowing and your audience. clarity. Yeah. So who we, we do the research, who, who's, who are the people that are likely to go to your website? It's not mm -hmm. our regular attenders. They know it's on the website. So I gear everything we do on our website towards the first time person that comes. Sure. Yep. Same thing with Facebook, same thing with YouTube. That's what I'm right. saying. I'm not saying we need to polish it. Gotcha. Um, I'm saying it's more along the lines of like knowing your audience and where to send them. And so what that's, that's encouraging towards is the person who says, I can't live stream every week. That's fine. Can you get somebody or some way to live stream once pin at the top? Because again, if you're trying to reach yeah. new people, they're going to go to your Facebook page. They're not going to, they're going to go to your Facebook page and check it out. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it's an oh, yeah. opportunity to utilize it. And it could be more harm if you have, uh, you know, if, if it's just, that's all they see is all these full, they, they need to see um, a little bit more of like, again, knowing your audience knowing who you're targeting on Facebook, YouTube, and so forth. So, yeah, that's good. I like, I like how you're thinking. Uh, we've not cleaned ours up. Um, I, we, we have taken down videos that have been uh, split because of the internet going out at our location. So if there's times like that, we take it down because it's confusing or uh, doesn't line up, but at least we leave one up each week. And then we also stream to YouTube and then our church online platform on our website. So there's different ways to, to really navigate it. And then, and then we, of course, save it on our website under our sermon series archives. So there's like, and then our podcast. So, I mean, it's every avenue that we can possibly share content. We're doing that right now. I don't know if we're going to do that forever. I like YouTube's, um, the way it lays everything out better, like you're saying as well. Um, but, uh, we had someone comment this last week that they've been listening. They, they apparently live up in I think somewhere in Massachusetts, I don't know what town, uh, but go. has been encouraged through the, the, the experience online at the bridge. And, uh, but they have a house down here that they, they vacation to. So they're going to come hang out. Definitely. That's and the, the lady had shared, she said, you know, I can't wait to come in person and meet you guys. So those kind of stories are cool. They've been tracking with us for however long and God's speaking to them and really encouraging them so that once they get here, they, the thing that I hear the most, and I'm sure you have, they, that I've had people come to me and say, we've been waiting to move here full-time. Cause of course, a lot of people are moving to Florida this last year and a half. And they'll say, man, I feel like I kind of know you already. Like to me, or like, I feel like I, like I've, I've really had a chance to get to know you. And I'm, and I'm looking at them like, man, I wish I felt the same way. Cause I don't know who you are. Cause I've never had a chance to meet you. So there is a there is a benefit for them to connect online because they feel like they can connect to the mission and the heart and you know who we are as a pastor or worship leader or whatever whatever content we're putting out. But it is it's a challenge. Okay, so what's the next step, right? What's the how do you get them connected? Well, let me follow up that? on something you just said. I love the fact that they're saying I feel like I just got to I I've gotten to know you, right? They're following along. 
Right. I think my whole point and what I'm saying in this is that that doesn't happen to happen through a live stream on a, on a weekend Sunday morning mm -hmm. service. It doesn't happen to happen that way. Um, actually, in fact, we're, we're about to change how we do our live stream um, because of that is we think we can actually get more personal with people and more cool. do something different. So just know that again, thinking outside the box, it doesn't have to be a live stream experience that sure. you can that accomplish exactly what you just said. Yeah. Um, so what's the next step? Where are we at? I, you know, I, I think every church has got to do the missiology uh, mm -hmm. of their community and know what they've got to do to reach their people. Um, yep. As you just said earlier, I think it was, you know, spot on. Uh, you may live somewhere where um, your people aren't even online anyway. This is a mute conversation for you. You may live somewhere where um, it's 50-50. You may live somewhere where, hey, look, I need to lean more into online. You need to know your community. That's something mm -hmm. that we can't, we can't discover for you on the pastor pod. Um, you're not going to listen to a pastor pod to figure that out. You have to know your people, know the people in your community that you're trying to reach, and you have to leverage everything you've got to accomplish that. Yeah. And I think it's going to look different in Vero Beach than it's going to look in Metro West Boston as it's going to live in, I think you said, Iron City, Georgia, um, mm -hmm. as it's going to look. Shout in out Denver. to Iron City. Denver. I think we said that multiple times. The Panhandle of Florida, uh, yep. you know, wherever you are, it's going to look different. Canada, Mexico, right. international. I mean, there it's, you go. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's anywhere. I mean, God's using, God's using these tools to spread the gospel. We have to keep that at the forefront. What's the vision of online, right? What we, we, We've talked about this for two weeks. We want to see more people. Uh, come to Christ, grow in Christ. And this is one of those avenues. And, right. and I think we'll be like Paul said, in first Corinthians, I become all things to all people. So I might, I might win some. And so I think this, that principle of the methods must change. The message never does applies to online. So we don't have to, we don't have to pick sides. We don't have to take up our emotional energy and get mad at uh, Mark Zuckerberg for creating metaverse. Like I don't, really have an opinion about why he did it. It's just that's the world we live in. Everything's going to continue to move more and more uh, technologically. And if we can continue to look at it, like you're saying, missiologically as a missionary, we're called as we're called to go and make disciples. And so I don't know. I don't have the answers on how we're going to do that. I don't, I don't have an avatar. I don't have VR glasses. I don't think I really am interested personally, but there's going to be a whole generation of, of people coming up that that can be used to impact them with the gospel. And, I, and, and I read something this last week too, that gaming, I mean, like my son loves to play Minecraft and, you know, we play Madden and different things like that on the Xbox, but the whole community online playing games together is millions of people and how now they're, they're seeing, uh, you know, Christians using these opportunities to spread the gospel through these gaming communities is a, is another opportunity. So what, at the end of the day, I might not fully understand it. And as we get older, Jay, we're probably still the more, the older we get, we're like, I don't get this, well, but we have to keep learning and keep being teachable and never get quote unquote old. Well, I think it's even more than that, Josh. So here's the thing is, I don't know who would listen to this and I don't know how old they are. And they may be thinking, I don't yeah. want to do online. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. And here's the thing is we're called to shepherd people. We're called to lead our church. And in our church, there's probably someone who is interested in this. Mm -hmm. All right. My daughter's 13 and she can run our tech department if she wants to. Um, find yeah. those people. Surround yourself yeah. with those people. Don't feel like you have to bear it on your shoulders to do it all. Mm -hmm. 
leverage your people. We are the body and in the body, we all play a role. And I think pastors, if we do this well, um, Josh, we can get old. Um, mm -hmm. We cannot want to play games and we cannot want to go online. But if we surround ourselves with the people in our church who love Jesus and understand the mission of reaching people, and That's this right. is their giftings, guess what? The church will still be the church and the church will th still thrive. Live in your lane, do your job well, and mobilize, mobilize the church to be the church. And I think there's people in our, in our, in our seats. They're in our seats every single week. And this mm -hmm. is a passion of theirs. They want to see online. They want to see this, but do they know we're trying communicate it? cast the vision you said it earlier the vision can't be small you don't have to do it yourself but you have to know what god and how god can use the resources that we have so this has been a great conversation josh mm -hmm. really enjoyed it um i think uh we're all in this space right now trying to figure it out and i'm hopeful that this is helpful for those that are listening and joining us on the pastor pod we'd love to hear from you josh how can they hear how can they connect with us Man, some of you guys have been emailing us, so please uh, let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. I, our email address is thepastorpod at gmail.com. You can share questions that you'd like us to answer on the podcast. Uh, we have some guests that we're going to be inviting on the podcast over the next few weeks as well to kind of navigate some questions and some thoughts. And so that's going to be coming up. Uh, but man, social media, let us know there. We're on YouTube. You can, if you want to know what Jay looks like, you can go to YouTube. And if you want to or know what, what Josh look like. looks like, well, I, or mean, what, I mean, who cares what I look like? Who but. cares what I look like? But I anyway, I don't we, know what my avatar to look like. That's yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, we we're on social media, of course, just like many of you, but uh, we're here to help. We're here to serve. We love learning uh, from each other, learning from you. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, the pastor pod's been fun, man. We're how many episodes are we in now? What, which one is this one? This I is don't know. Is you, this 18? You, you I think we're on 18. differently than I do, so I don't know. I noticed we count We're season two, but overall, I think we're all episode 17 or 18, there so it's been, been fun. All right. Well, look, from Josh and I and the Pastor Pod, have a great rest of your week, and we look forward to connecting with you soon again right here on the pod.